listening to Back again on the Head Hall Edition, I am here with the lovely Emily Zink, filling in for Mr. Chad Frivos. Yes, Chad has had a nice little vacay, but it's been <laughs> nice to fill in, yeah. Monday edition, I'm liking it. You see, Mondays are a little, you know, drag, but I think this is always fun. I love doing this live. It yeah. looks great, it sounds great. We were getting some interaction, so if you guys are watching, play along, yeah. especially when we do the trivia. Oh, yeah, Love we it. have Market Expert Trivia. We yes. have Big Deal, Little Deal, both super interactive games. A little cowbell for the live audience. Hello, Facebook, Twitter, and even YouTube now. Yes, yeah. I love it. All you got to do is subscribe to the channels. Yes. And then what do you Smash do on YouTube? Smash that bell. Do it all yeah. the time. Oh, geez. So what's going on, Emily? So yes. this weekend, okay. we're both pretty new to Chattanooga. Yes, we are. Took my kids on the Southern Bell Riverboat Cruise. And I learned some interesting history about Chattanooga. What did you learn? Did you know that this is the birthplace of bottled Coke? I did not know that. I saw your tweet, though. Yeah. I've always wanted to go on the Southern Bell. I want to do the Southern Bell, so that's really cool. And I did not know that about Coke, but I saw your little thing in the show. Yeah. And I was a little confused, but then I figured it out. So mm-hmm. this is a really random fact. But Terre Haute, Indiana, yeah. very, very small town. They actually are the birthplace of that Bottle, not like because oh, I was the thinking, shape, yes, yeah. the shape of it, and they have these like crazy sculptures everywhere around town. Yeah, but our bottle, I was looking into it because I was like, wait, which one came first? And I yeah. see ours came a lot long before. Yeah, well before. Yeah, I think it was like a marketing decision yes. to go with sort of that shapely womanly yes. figure, right? I mean, because ours was just like it almost looked like a milk jug. Which... Yeah, and well, the guy he, he so this was in 1899, and the guy out here, the local businessman who was approached to he owned the rights to Coke, and they, yeah. they said, well, we want to bottle it. It was originally like at apothecaries and pharmacies. You'd go to cure your stomach. Yeah, actually, like Pepsi, like Pepsid is like for you know. That's where it comes oh from. Oh my gosh! Sort I did not. Term. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Some doctor is like, "You are so wrong right now." No, <laughs> I, I, I think that's pretty much true. But so he sold the rights for a dollar, a one dollar. U.S. dollar in 1899. He never even collected the dollar. He thought it was going to fail so bad, so miserably. Because he didn't think the product was good, or what? Like, the... I don't, like I don't think he thought it would hold up to bottling. Wow! And boy, was he wrong. And look at him. Now. <laughs> did you learn any other fun facts on the Southern Bell? Um, other than if you've been on there, there's this really like dilapidated yacht that just sits there and the guy keeps it there because to, to piss off his neighbor, it's just there out of spite. And like Don't the windows are all broken yeah. on it. Well, it made me think that was a gigantic boat. And it's like, you can't really spite someone without spiting yourself. Emily, no, he's going to yeah. look at it too. <laughs> he does. And <laughs> yeah, a man, maybe we should buy that. I know. I was like, John Bowes could really fix that I was thing gonna up. Say, it would, it would look pimp wonderful. it out, freight waves. <laughs> we we want to take it on the water. So we yeah. might as well get a boat. Well, the original the original plant was at 17 Market Street, right across the bridge. Oh yeah. So the first so building right you take here. a left, yeah, it's uh, now a, now it's, it's now condos like everything else in life. That is crazy. Everything but we else. still that we still have that Coca Cola tie here and all that. So we sure do. Good info, and you like the Southern Bell? The kids enjoyed it. All that. It's one of those things you only have to do once. Okay. A little slow. A little okay. Slow. A little yeah. Slow. <laughs> well, it, it's a it's a long ride. You always see it going yeah. up and down. I Hour live right by it where it's parked. Could have been like 60 minutes. Yeah, with I need, kids. Like, yeah. yeah. I need like the director's cut or something. Ah, interesting fun fact, though. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, a lot happened in the news, right? Yes. Over the weekend oh, while yeah, we were busy. sleeping. Or never sleeping. The news never sleeps. Never. And neither do we. Ooh, this is cool. This is a cool one. Walmart is te- Walmart tests autonomous delivery vans for middle mile solution, Emily. They've been doing a lot of stuff. Walmart, the first mile, last mile, every mile, they've been trying this yeah. autonomous vehicle. With. I mean, I think they're trying to break that, like, sort of, like, brand recognition as, like, 
I don't know, like really middle American, old fashioned, just sort of Walmart, you know, very yeah. sort of blase. But it seems like they're really jumping ahead in this tech thing. And uh, Walmart's delivery pilot with autonomous vehicle company, Gatik, highlights the retail giant's continued investment in self-driving solutions, as well as its growing interest in the so-called middle mile segment of their distribution network. The pilot was announced on July 25th. We'll use robo-vans from Palo Alto-based Gatik to move groceries from a Walmart distribution center Rogers, Arkansas, and weren't you out that way? Yeah, we the distribution centers are actually beautiful. The headquarters, not so much. They, yeah, they weren't. You think Walmart, this yeah. massive, massive billion dollar business? You'd think like the Taj Mahal. Yeah, no, no? but the, the distribution centers are good, and yeah, is going off their whole wanting to be big. You know, you know, they're known for groceries and clothes, but they also want to be known for their tech. They also announced that they're a lead partner in Plug and Play. It was actually really ah. cool. It's a venture capitalist for the supply chain and logistics accelerator program that started when we were in Crystal Bridges in Bentonville, the beautiful yeah. museum. So J.B. Hunt and Tyson are also a part of that. Nice. And so it's basically focusing on supply chain optimization optimization, blockchain, last mile delivery, all of that. Craig Fuller, our CEO, actually presented there, too, at Plug and Play. Yeah. So their locations are all over the globe. The Plug and Play has one in Germany. They have one out in California and San Fran area, and then they have one in Bentonville. And I was like, why Bentonville? Yeah. But Walmart, because you know they want to get a they want to get a hand in it. It's really cool that we're seeing all this happen because I I was reading a lot about this in the previous years, especially covering the news segment of supply chain tech. Yeah. And it all seemed talk, talk, talk. When are we gonna see it happen? Well it's happening now. I mean yeah. these they're on the road. They're they have two, three minivans and there's a safety driver in there. They're testing a two mile loop, but it's only a matter of time. And yeah. Arkansas has been very friendly to autonomous vehicles. They've opened up the roads to them. So yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll see if this goes through. I mean, they're going to walk into our houses and put our groceries in our fridge, I'm sure. The robots will? No, Walmart. Would you rather a <laughs> robot go in your house and put the groceries away or, or a, a human? A robot. I watched way I too much ID Discovery. No, yeah. I don't. I've, yeah, I've covered too many news stories. I don't want yeah, that happening. Yeah. Well, also, speaking of food being delivered, mm. Takeaway.com and Just Eat merge to become a global superpower in on-demand food delivery. Eating up, too. Yes. If you haven't heard of it, it's because it's Just Eat is a UK-based food delivery company, and they announced it's merging with Dutch food delivery major Takeaway.com. Wow. Now, they worked out the sale to be around $11 million, if you're talking U.S. Hmm. currency, making it one of the largest companies in the food delivery space around the world. Wow. The news of the merger broke over the weekend. It became definite, though, today. So this is Hmm. big. With that announcement, Just Eat Shares value rose by about 25%, and a lot of people were happy because they weren't doing too hot. So big news there, and we hear a lot about... Food delivery. Yeah, we do. Do you use food delivery? Are you a big fan of uh, Uber Eats or is DoorDash the more popular one? I used Grubhub one time here. Never used it before. I ordered from Taco Mac because I have a weird obsession with nachos. Yeah. Maybe I got it from the wrong place because when it came, half the nachos were missing. Like it did not give me what they had promised. So I don't blame Grubhub. I Blame maybe the place. So I'll oh. try it again. Yeah. It came quickly. It was good. It was it was not too expensive for them to deliver it. But I'm one of those people I like to save money. I mean, if I can okay. get my car and drive or if I can walk somewhere. Yeah. Do you do it a lot? No. So like when I lived in Boston, before I had kids, we I would use Grubhub a lot. And this was in like 2011, 2012, 2013. But then when I moved to the suburbs, the coverage sucked. The, the Grubhub coverage yeah. was just terrible. Uber Eats didn't exist yet. And because I had kids, we were saving more money. So we're eating a lot more at home. And yeah. kids eat like grilled cheese and chicken nuggets, you know, and broccoli so it made no sense to spend seven dollars to have that delivered to our house so we would cook in a lot more 
But like over time, all of a sudden this got really popular in like the 20 to 30 year old segment and people are spending X amount of dollars to have like McDonald's well, delivered, which is crazy to me because that, we, fast food survives for like two minutes no, in the wild. That kills me. People get Taco Bell delivered. They get yeah. McDonald's delivered. Just get in your car and go. Like yeah. people are lazy and that's kind of the millennial generation. I mean, I'm a I millennial, guess. but I, I guess, just, yeah, don't get it. I'm a generation without a generation. <laughs> Well, Flexport, so Flexport, they filed lawsuit against Western Global Airlines over alleged unfit aircraft. So, Ooh, not good news. You know, the tech segment, we're always saying, never go to lowest bidder. Never go. Use your data. Use your data. Well, maybe Flexport could have considered doing such as well because they went with the lowest bidding airline. And, well, the service really suffered. So, Logistics provider Flexport has filed a lawsuit against Western Global Airlines, alleging the company failed to give proper freight transportation. According to the court documents, though, Flexport was headquartered in San Francisco. Okay. And Western Global Airlines of Estero, Florida, entered into a four-year agreement, and and this was until March 2021, where the airline would provide freight rotations between Hong Kong and Los Angeles. Well, it's already gone south. Flexport alleges in its recent court filings to the U.S. District of Southern New York that the 747-400 aircraft logistics company is numerous mechanical problems, numerous service failures, and they are well below their 80% on-time commitment. Yeah, that is not good when you have that, and you're giving— you're, when you're signing up and, I mean, you're kind of launching something and you're joining forces, you're hoping yeah. that it's going to be great and you can't even commit to something and you can't even give what you were saying you were going to give, that's not going to work. we're relatively new to trying yeah. to brand, build that brand value, build that trust with their customers. And I don't think it's going to happen, yeah. And I've dealt with air freight on the 3PL side, and those customers get angry pretty quickly. They expect their stuff. That's why they pay well, for if air. Well, yes, if you're yeah. using air cargo, you want it there quickly. It's expensive products, so you have to deliver what you're saying. So Yeah. Well, this is talking about ships and talking about... A big terminal here. I'm talking mm. about the L.A. port. Yeah. Trucking queues are down at the biggest U.S. seaport. Mm. As peak shipping season gets underway, we're going to have something about that on Freight Waves Now tomorrow. Just get yes. a little plug to that. Yeah. Um, the Subscribe to of, YouTube yes. if you're watching right now. You'll catch it. Yes, you'll know when that you video's up. The ability of North America Marine Terminals to handle the extra traffic is definitely coming into focus because the fourth quarter of 2018 to February of 2019 the average wait time for drivers at the largest port, so we're talking L.A., yeah. and uh, Long Beach Port was 90 minutes. So that's mm. not good. In nope. response, though, to those wait times, drivers would show up earlier at off-peak hours <laughs> to receive their yeah. containers. That also causes a problem. Obviously, longer lines then if they're not there at the right time. So yeah. to fix the solution, the Port of L.A. and Long Beach revised their appointment system so they also pick up during the day. And in the evening, which they weren't doing before. So now eight months into this program, they say there is plenty of capacity for drivers at the port. So that's good because yeah. there's a lot of traffic. It's always busy there. Well, and like what happened there is like what happens on like Thanksgiving in an office where they let everyone out at noon the day before. And then every single company does that. So it creates yeah. traffic apocalypse for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. It's it's any holiday. It's always like that. Or even Fridays. Everyone's out around like four. So. They say Mother's Day is the worst for travel. But in Massachusetts, <laughs> Thanksgiving for me was always the worst. Mother's always Day? Always Thanksgiving, yeah. I thought it was either like Memorial Day, Labor Day, or Thanksgiving. Supposedly Mother's Day. I guess because everyone's going out to eat. So everyone's driving somewhere. Not, not only are driving. To mom, but yeah, because you don't want mom yeah. to cook on Mother's Day. I guess it doesn't not. work like that. Yeah, it's dad who has to barbecue yeah. on Father's Day. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well, you know what? Some really cool developments are happening in Sonar. We talk about their data, but to put some context in it, we're having one of uh, one of our most knowledgeable Sonar people come in here because this is a really cool development, and I think it's worth talking about because not only does it affect the shipper, it affects the carrier, and it affects the customer and all in the supply chain, bringing that transparency. So let's do a little on the radar segment with Mr. Jeff. Okay. 
on the radar presented by sonar oh here he comes he had to grab his bottle of water the bottle <laughs> of water fell off his here. radar it was under the thing. hey jeff <laughs> hello thank Welcome. you for joining us in the studio Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. It. You got some headphones right here. There's a live audience okay. right there. Awesome. All across the globe. Gotcha. Five World countries, yes. right? Worldwide. Well, five other. Do you than think where... the Mongolians are? are I think they are. are they in Bangladesh, in? they all are. Yeah, we'll see. Right? Bangladeshis. <laughs> so, Jeff, some really cool stuff has come up in Sonar as of late, and one of the reasons we're having you on is we often on on the radar talk about things that are showing us in Sonar's data. But tell us a little bit about this new feature that affects not just the sonar subscriber but their users to put context to the data yeah i mean so you know we basically came up with a a way to share um most people are visual in nature oh, yeah um so we came up with a method to, to basically share that visual with other people with other subscribers in sonar so i think that's hugely valuable so you're not yeah. you're not talking a screen grab like before people would take a screen grab and show you're you're talking real time interactive. This is real time interactive. It's the actual application that's working, wow. not just a screenshot. Wow. Yeah. So how long are they allowed to to view this? So you share it with your customer, and I imagine like the functionality of this. And I remember being on the three PL side, having to do sales, and uh, a situation I usually reference is the West Coast port crisis. We would. Tell people, okay, you have to move your shipment up from the port of Los Angeles to Oakland. And then uh, from Oakland, they would have to go up to Tacoma. And then then from Tacoma up into to Canada. And people would be like, no, like we, how can it possibly be shorter? Does this allow to bring some context to show some real-world data from a third party? It, it certainly does. I mean, you know, again, you're, you're actually sharing the actual application, if you will. Um, and, that, and, and that's moving, right? So... It's not like you have a static page that's all you can do. So you can actually take that page if you wanted to, and you can add to it and build on that. So Yeah. Yeah. This really helps with well, This is all about transparency and sharing data and stuff like this. How will this kind of change the game? How will this feature? What have you talked about in ways that people really could utilize this? Yeah. So, it, you know, as an example, if I uh, own a, you know, company within the supply chain, right? Yeah. I want to make sure that everybody's actually moving in the same direction. So if I saw a market changing, as an example, then I need to share that with everybody in the organization to say, hey, you know, I'm going to make a business move. I'm going to make a business plan move. Uh, we need to start going in this direction. And here's why. Yeah. Because it's important for people to understand why you're making a decision, right? Oh, yeah. So they they want to know. visual of why you're making that decision. And they, need, they sort of need data tailored to them, right? Because Sonar isn't just a platform for, for just truckers or for just carriers or for just shippers, but they're all going to... Look, the volatility that's good for one provider is terrible for yeah. another. I mean, the, the like a shipper and a 3PL are probably at odds on what they think is good for the spot market, that's right? True. And that's what true. they think is good for capacity. Um, I think we have an image of a volatility index that we can bring up here. Tell us a little bit about what that means for, for clients and what they're going to be able to show through something like that. Sure. So if you look at the market volatility or most volatile markets, basically what that's telling you is markets that are moving, markets that are changing, markets that are, are volatile. Um, so you'll see in your head hog, you'll see your uh, tender lead times yeah, and uh, your uh, outbound tender rejects. And what is head hog? Just for people who aren't sure, what does head haul mean? That's basically a head haul is where you have enough freight to get out of that market. So okay. you're not having to move to another market Without to get freight. Yeah. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So what do you think people are going to be sharing? Are there certain features that they're going to share the most or 
Is there something that people should be really, really excited about seeing? Well, I think the most volatile market yeah. is one thing. But what's going to happen is is because, you know, you just mentioned your shippers, your carriers, yeah. uh, even your manufacturers, they're going to have different views on what this data means, right? Um, so they're going to basically pick their own uh, indexes, if you will, uh, to share with their teams, Um the other thing that I think this will do is basically, so if you're asking for a rate increase, as an example, yeah. or a rate reduction, depending on who you are, you now have that actionable insight of the data to tell you why you're asking for that increase. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. And then you can share that with the other party so they understand why. Yeah, especially with years that are sort of polar opposites where you have 2018 that was it, capacity was such an issue. Rates were, were going through the roof. And then this year, it may not make sense to some shippers, or they may not have been tipped off to the fact that, that spot rates are, are way below. You know, they could have right. brokers taking advantage of them. They may not be aware of that. And that's the transparency that Sonar brings. And that's what a good third party or a good fourth party provider could could show you and could exhibit. Or even people internally can say to purchasing or whoever, especially in organizations that are kind of siloed right. and they really need this data c- combined and, and put together for them. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it, transparency, and there's also kind of a trust thing. So what happens is none of the parties have visibility of the other party's processes, right? So when they te- when they say one thing, it's kind of hard to just trust it. Oh, yeah. Now they yeah. have this transparency. They have the data to, to, to basically show them what they're talking about. And I think the sharing part of that is going to just make it so much easier. Yeah, this is a great feature. And Sonar is always doing updates, and you're always coming out with new things. Anything in the future we could look forward to that you could share? Or you, you know, uh, so I will talk about a few things. One, yeah. will be, one will be data. So very soon we're going to have more maritime data. Yeah. We'll have more rail data and air cargo data, which I think is huge. Yeah. Again, having the visibility of all components of the supply chain sure. is super beneficial. Yeah. Um, you know, for 5.0, uh, we'll talk about that maybe on a later um show but uh we've got a lot of great things coming i don't want to spoil the moment um so we want to kind of build some yeah sense on no that. i know i like it that's yeah. the way to do it yeah well jeff thank you for joining us that was that, that was some great uh information on what's new in sonar awesome thanks for having me almost like a uh, social network of freight or something we're creating I, with the sharing i, know, I love right. it of course i yeah. love the way it's going and how fast back. it is evolving yeah and we'll awesome. be looking for those new features in 5.0 i'm sure you'll be on soon to share those thank you well, yeah. jeff i know you've been dying to do it give the audience a little a little cowbell before you take off Oh, yeah. There Beautiful stuff. You've Ooh, done that a little before. bread and butter. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Oh, all right. I know what I got next, right? Yeah. Is it a little market expert trivia? Oh, okay. I hope I don't choke. <laughs> I've, I've, I've You're already, on a winning streak. I know. I took out Anthony Smith. I took out um, <laughs> Kevin Hill. I did. I did. It was close. And now we have Seth. And now we have Seth coming in to play a little market expert trivia. Market expert trivia. Yeah. Market expert trivia. Yeah. Market expert trivia. Yeah. Now we have another game. What is this one called? Mr. Set Home. Market expert trivia. All right, so your partner in crime from the Freight Intel Group, Mr. Kevin Hill. On Thursday, he was sitting in that chair. But on Monday, he was sitting in that chair, and he lost to me in the game we're about to play today. Uh-oh. Market expert Uh-oh, trivia. Don't look at the answers because I have them all. Oh, okay, right. I'm not. I'm not. Have they're you not on my yet? sheet. Yeah, this is the first time. Okay, right. explain the buzzer. To yeah, them. so the buzzer's right there. The buzzer's right there. We got to share the buzzer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and keep keep your palm right here on this. Okay. All right here. You probably want to use that one because okay. other. Yeah. 
All right, she's going to read the question. Whoever buzzes in first gets the answer first. Where are you buzzing? This one that says game okay. show buzzer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yes. Yeah, everyone was playing in at home last time, so definitely join in. First question. Yes. Okay. True or false question. All right. Alexander Winton invented the semi-trailer in Youngstown, Ohio in 1898. It's true. That is false. Wait, what? It was Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> Jeez, what trick way? I got a... Nope, that was not a trick uh, question. We didn't give it... Oh, wait, I guess I there knew. was no I knew. You chance. went to right. Youngstown All before, right. so I, I knew did. you thought it might be uh, true. Uh, so, Game theory, it. just psychologically Kay. playing me. Number two. In what year did Lily McKee Drennan become the first woman truck driver? Oh, you know this? 1929. You're right. How did you know that? Uh, she carried a revolver. Yep. She carried a revolver, though. She did. All right, well, a little point here. All right, I'm, behind, I'm already behind the... Seth, he doesn't he's have two. A... He's just got one point because it was a true or false question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, number three, multiple right. choice again. Oh, okay. What percentage of truck drivers are women? A, six... Six percent. Yes. Good job. <laughs> so is it one, one or two? It's, it's one, one. Okay, that's how we did it. Okay. All right. True or false? Peterbilt was named after Ernest Peterson, a lumber entrepreneur who needed a better way. (laughs) You got it first. False. Do you know his name? T.A. Peterman. You got it. There you go. Can you let her finish the question for the audience at home? We're trying to play (laughs) along. Sooner, pick it up. I saw his hand. All right, new rule. We can't let her. You have to wait till she finishes the question. I'm just saying, because of people watching. All right. Yeah, I'm getting a little hot under the collar. All right. So wait till the end. Yes, and we'll, then, yes. We'll then okay. you're going to have him. All right. Seth's so like, I'm still going to win. Okay, right. number five. Trucker's median hourly pay in the year 2015 yeah. was higher or lower than the American medium. <laughs> Who was first? He broke his own rule. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That's I was All right. It was higher. You were right. Yeah. They made $19.36 <laughs> versus seventeen forty. All right. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Okay, I was not done. What is the score? It's tied now. Tied? Okay, (laughs) number six. True or false question? All right. We have to wait till I'm done with the question. Truckers have one of the highest rates of injuries and illnesses of all professions. It's true. Yes. Yeah. PTSD, right? right? And being a major one. Uh Uh-huh. All right, all you can do now is tie. Okay. All you can do is tie. Here we go. (laughs) Number seven. What is the Mack truck symbol? Is it a bulldog? You are right. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Good job. Georgia bulldog. Yes. Wait a second. All right. So we're talking. Crazy story about that. Mm. It was actually the company's chief engineer carved it mm. while he was recovering from an operation. Just needed mm. something to do in the year 1923, and it stuck around. All right. Ooh. Good did, job. Uh, so did well, you We're tie? tied. We're tied. Do you have a tiebreaker? Uh, something that maybe... Uh, <sighs> let's see. Any, Let me any think trivia of a, question in the deepest, darkest recesses of your mind. Let's think of a trivia question. Where is Warren Buffett from? Oh. Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, there you go. Wow, you, well, you win. You won, Seth Holm. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Good wow. job. Now. Here you go. A little cowbell for you. Good for job, guys. Oh, man. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you fun. for kicking my butt. That was short. Yeah, yeah thanks that was for short. Yeah. yeah, he just wants to keep going. Well, what's, the Fre- what's the Freight Intel group up to? What are you guys up to? What's next? Uh, I'm writing a paper on digital freight brokerages. Uh, oh, wow. Coming up next. Cool. What, what yeah. about them? What can you yeah, look forward cool. to? Um, kind of an overview on on them, um, working into some of their valuations. They're kind of like tech companies. Um, yeah. We're going through whether those make sense and then like kind of comparing them to traditional brokers and, um, you know, 
seeing how that market's going to progress over the next few years, in our opinion. And when can yeah. people be looking for that on Freightways.com? Uh, over the next week or two. Okay. Yeah. How do you yeah. think? How do you, do you think it's going to do a wide... Because we're about to talk to, about mergers and acquisitions yes. with mm-hmm. JPH. Do you think this is going to have a great effect on that? Because it's going to dry up the pool of resources for traditional 3PLs? Uh, I think that uh, digital freight brokers will grow very fast. Yeah. Whether they'll make a lot of profits is a different story. Okay. So um, All right. Interesting. effect on M&A, I mean... I guess it might weigh on the valuations of the legacy sort of traditional brokers would yeah. be my guess. Yeah. Um, so you might be able well, to— Well, they may be more apt to sell, right, if they're if, if that, that market share is dwindling. Yeah, that too. Good yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, looking forward to reading looking that. Forward yeah, to, yeah. Next we'll have you guys so. back on to talk about it. All right. Sounds All right. Good. Take it easy, Seth. Thank you, you Seth. Yeah, JP's turn. It is JP's turn. We are going to be talking to JP. We're going to have five good— Good minutes with JP okay. on his great article. On he's always got the great articles. He's always they've always got the red uh, fire yes. igniting next to him. This Meaning one's on murders and executions. Sorry, I mean mergers and <laughs> acquisitions. Uh, yes. American Psycho. <laughs> All right, I like that joke. Five count of five. Five good minutes. Boom! All right, five good minutes with you. We're going to talk about mergers and acquisitions. What's up, man? <laughs> what is up? What's going? So, what is going on with mergers and acquisitions in the transportation industry? Set the table for us. What was your article about? Um, it was basically about how there are a couple of market forces that should encourage um, some renewed activity. Yeah. Basically, uh, there's still a lot of private equity money coming in, uh, where they buy these platform companies and then tack on a bunch of smaller companies to them, and also with the soft freight market. Um, earnings are a little constrained and profitability is weakened, which essentially has the effect of making companies cheaper to buy. Uh-huh. So are we going to see a lot of these companies kind of consolidating in the near future? I think so. Um, I think uh, it's already been happening even at really high prices. Yeah. And um, we heard on some earnings calls that you know a lot of the analysts were asking um, different management of companies, like whether they were back in the hunt and uh, – Echo CEO uh, Doug Wagner said that they, they were. So. Yeah. I mean, I worked for FedEx Trade Networks, and one of the ways that they grew share, they were one of the companies that when they were building their brokerage arm, they went and they bought other brokerages. They bought a company called Tower Group, which I think was originally owned by McGraw-Hill out in Boston. So, Like the publisher? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the pub- which actually, you know what? At Sirius XM, they, that is the building that they're in, too. McGraw-Hill used to own, I guess, a yeah. lot more in, in the country back in the big publishing days. But... So, but I guess my question is, where are we seeing most of these acquisitions happening? Is it in the 3PL space? Is it amongst carriers? Are we going to see it amongst tech solution providers? Like, how many TMSs do we need? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, we see TMSs being purchased by big conglomerates, yeah. like um, like TMW combined a bunch of uh, software companies together. Descartes, which is a Canadian tech conglomerate, yeah. they bought Algex and Macropoint and things like that. So I think that will that will continue to happen. But I think um, investors really like 3PLs because they're asset light. And you can yeah. put, you can, when you do a leverage buyout, you can put more debt on the company without it already, you know, kind of being under the weight of tons of trucks and paperwork. What does that mean, a leveraged buyout? Um, basically, it's, it's if, like, I was going to buy a company that was worth $10 million, but I only, I only wanted to put down five of my own money. I would borrow the other five. And that company used that company's earnings to pay it off. So essentially, oh, okay. I could buy a ten million dollar company for five million dollars, use use their earnings to pay off the five million dollars in debt, resell the you know maybe I grow the company by a couple million dollars, resell it for the same multiple, 
and all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting the full price, even though I only had five million in it. Yeah, you, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say one, one thing that you, you mentioned Youngstown, so it jogged my memory on Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, and one of the big things with Falcon is. GM didn't actually tank them by going out of business. It was actually GM being in business that kind of tanked them because the private equity group that came in, they had these plans to sell the company. And they wanted to keep G- GM on the books so that it looked attractive uh, to other companies, even though it was they weren't making a profit on it. Is um what so what are the dangers going on in some of these mergers and acquisitions, especially when companies coming in who aren't really familiar, especially on the asset side where margins are really thin? Yeah. Um so it's basically how much debt can you put on a company? And normally um, anything more than five times its earnings is considered really risky. And at the end of a business cycle, there's always, you always see more and more highly leveraged buyouts. So six times earnings, seven times earnings, things like that. That's a big danger. Um, I think with a technology company, the big danger is that whoever buys you is looking to cut costs and they're not going to keep investing in, in the product, they're not going to keep, you know, paying for those expensive computer engineers and, yeah. and programmers and stuff like that. And so you kind of, they just want the revenue stream from your current customer base and they cut all the costs and just kind of let it, you know. Kind of filter you out of the market sometimes too, yeah, right? They just, just kind of, the they just kind of ride them. it all the way down, but, you know, they're making money. And, you know, there are a number of companies that, big sort of holding companies that are constantly buying these smaller companies uh, you know, cutting them down and then just kind of letting them, you know, crash and burn. <laughs> what, what are some alluring traits or some alluring things that these smaller companies have when you're looking to acquire? Like, what are people looking for? Um, well, one of the things, um, you know, we noticed that uh, SunTech TTS is up for sale. It's it's uh, private equity owned. It's a top 10 brokerage. It's up for sale um, by, by its owners. And... Um, one of the things that might be attractive about them is that they're an agent-based model. So it's almost like if you're familiar with like real estate, like a Keller Williams type thing with all these like franchises mm-hmm. everywhere. Yep. And they, uh, the franchisees keep 70% of their gross margins and they only pay 30% to SunTech TTS. You know, that's, 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 that's not the exact number. That's like a typical Something number like for an agent-based brokerage. But what the, the, the brokerage can do is buy out its agents. And, and, and pay to buy their book of business. There's usually a two to three year payout and they drop all that extra gross margin to their bottom line. And so they can rapidly increase their earnings without having to go out and hire a bunch of people or find a bunch of new customers. And those models can be really attractive yeah. to acquirers. Um, that's that's what happened with Global Trans. Okay. Any predictions before uh, before you take off out of the uh, the hot yoga studio of sweat <laughs> or um, sound? <laughs> you know, I think one of the interesting things about the McKinsey article was basically just like the most successful acquirers. They kind of make M and A an enduring capability. They don't look at it as just like one off projects. They don't look at it as just opportunistic. They try to devote a lot of people and resources to it and get really good at. it. Yeah, and that kind of takes a lot of the risk. I mean, if you if you're trying to double your size in one deal, there's a lot that can go wrong. Yeah, um, and so you know you might have to realize synergies that are difficult to find. The integration might not work. The company cultures might not go together. A lot of bad things can happen. But if you make it a regular practice of your company, you can really add a lot of value in a in a more predictable way. A great article you have out right now on FreightWaves.com. And obviously you said, yeah, there's a nice little fire 
next, next to the meeting. A lot of people are reading it, yeah. so you'll want to read it too. And those weren't how do you how would how would they reach out to you? I know you're very active on Twitter. I enjoy your feed very much. How would they go about finding it? Yeah, you can um, hit me up on LinkedIn, uh, yeah. Twitter. Um, you can just email me at jphampstead at freightwaves.com. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your yeah. Twitter handle? Uh, JP Hampstead. Okay. Easy yeah. enough. Nice. Thank yep. you very much. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, JP. Right, thanks, guys. What the Truck Original. Yeah. JPH. <laughs> the man who's more than a monogram. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, man. So he's a big deal. The original. Yeah. He's back. And, you know, some know. people have said that him and Chad are the same person because they've never been in the same booth at the same place at the same time. True. Since I came around, yes, you know, I, but we'll see when Chad I, we'll gets back. See, he's getting up. I think he's coming into port off the Titanic right now. Oh, off the Titanic, yeah, iceberg dead ahead. Uh-huh. Oh, big deal! I'm playing game. Little deal. Big deal. Little deal. <laughs> Love that little reggae horn. A little bit. Yeah. Mariah. Hi, Mariah back. Baker's Hello. back. Hi, week three. I week think. three. Yeah. Yeah, week three because Chad's been away. Yes, We've had to do some yeah, rotation. I've been in. Emily was Coming busy once, and I don't yeah. know. You're starting to make the segment your own, and now she <laughs> now you have to play. Tables have turned. I know. Yeah, that's really. Like Which seat is it harder to be on that seat or this seat? This seat, I think. I just get to ask the questions. Yeah, yeah. let you yeah, and Chad do the work. Okay, now I have to. Now you have to do the work. Yeah. Do All the right. Work. I like it though. All right. What do we got? Geofencing lets carriers keep an eye on wait times across their entire operation. Mm-hmm. Empowering leaders to identify trends and alter routing guides to gain more efficiency. Junior, is that a big deal or a little deal? What do you think? It's uh I mean, it's it's a pretty big deal in the sense that it's good to see them leveraging ELD data, putting some context to it. Geofencing is when you sort of you, you, you draw a perimeter around a dock or somewhere and then you're collecting and capturing data from when trucks are there. Uh trucks they lose a lot of efficiency and a lot of time being stuck there. So yeah, it's a it's a pretty big deal. Not as big a deal in a market like this year where there's extra capacity, but talking about last year, huge deal. Yeah. But My- little deal this year, because capacity is, you know. Okay, so you're gonna say little? <laughs> I'm gonna say big yeah. deal. Because time is money. No matter yeah. if you're making a little bit of money or a lot of money, time is money and yeah. you wanna preserve that time. So I'd say big deal with that. Yeah, one. I mean this the study did say that uh they're losing about one point three loads a week. I don't know how you, can you really lose like a third of a load? That's the funny thing about math. That's why I like, I, I like I English. Know. Don't you love yeah, it? Yeah, decimals third. to everything. How but much it says money is that? $1,400. That, that's money. Yeah. yeah. USD, not Canadian. Oh, yeah. And that's even more. Yeah. yeah. Big bucks. Well, here's something spooky for you, Emily. A witch okay. named Peterbilt with 2.9 million miles flies to Shell Rotella Super Rig's top award. Um, Teresa DeSantis, whose license plate reads mm. zero to witch in eight seconds, <laughs> wow. wins $10,000 prize for best in show. Mm. What do you think? Big deal, little deal? I think it's a big deal. If you just look this truck up, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's 1985 with, what, almost 3 million miles yeah. on it? Yeah. And I was reading about this lady. She bought it in 85, brand new, like first big purchase, she said. Mm-hmm. And since then, she's only put $80,000 in it. So that's like... 30 plus years yeah. for only 80,000 and she just won 10 G's. So yeah, that's, pretty that's good. a big deal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's something <laughs> I, you know, it's uh, when you get like zero to witch in four seconds or less, you get the electric a, witch going on. Right. It'll be a little bit more exciting. We'll see. I've never been to a trucking beauty pageant. I don't know no. if, if you ladies have. No. Yeah. I mean, it Not seems yet. exciting. I'd no. love to go. Maybe, you know, it'll be a big deal when, when freight waves takes over the, you know, we're taking over all the supply chain. I think that we should, Next, take over the trucking beauty pageant market. I'll be the MC. I would of, love to do that. Of a trucking beauty pageant? Yes. Yeah. I would like yeah, to meet Teresa DeSantos. List. Maybe yeah. we have to have her on 
one of the millions of podcasts that we do now. True. Perfect. Yeah. I like it. Good idea. June used Class 8 truck prices are up 6% from the previous year. Do you have a great deal on a used to answer <laughs> for me? Well, um, uh, sales of used trucks, I mean, I guess it's a good thing, right? Because, I mean, we've been talking about, like, last year there's record number of truck orders and all that stuff. So you would think that truck prices would be would be down used. And they have been on the year. I think they're down, like, 18. Was it yeah. 18%? Yeah, it's 18% for, for the second quarter of 2018. But... Uh, you know, now it's going up a little bit. So that's a good sign, right? It's a good sign for the overall health of the market. Uh, or the used truck selling market. I disagree. I'd say it's a little deal because we're oh. talking about the price of these yes. trucks. So what? It was like a $2,200 price difference. It was something like, let's see, I wrote it down so I'd remember. So it's like 48800 right now versus mm. last June. It was about two grand less. But the sales of Class 8 trucks are down significantly from yeah. this year. 26% this time, this June compared to last year. So it doesn't really matter that the truck prices are up. Yeah. You're not selling them. Right. So I think it's a little deal. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? I could win one. You can be wrong. <laughs> oh. I can be wrong? <laughs> oh. Thanks, Dooner. No, you different. made a great point. It's very valid. It was probably more valid than my own. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amazon reported second quarter worldwide net hmm. sales of $63.4 billion, Wow. Which is a 20% increase over... 2018's quarter. Are you clicking buy it now on that, Emily? Uh, yeah, oh. I'd say this is a big deal. I just think Amazon, just no one can compete. Yeah. Like really, who is going to come into this market and compete with Amazon? I think the closest person is Walmart. Yeah. And they're not even close. They're not doing well. In, I mean, they're doing terms, exciting they're stuff. They're doing well, but yeah. they're, they're not doing Amazon well. So I think, yes, with those net sales and it's only going to increase, yes. I mean, Amazon's just blowing up. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it every week. Like we said with Prime Day, it, they invented it out of the ether. And, you know, it's beating their Black Friday sales, beating their post-Christmas sales. They can kind of write their own ticket right now. You know, they're, they're, I'm sure they'd love to capture more revenue. But they're, what they're doing is really interesting is they're forcing the hand of the market to put themselves in some really precarious positions. If they're setting the benchmark at one day. Yeah. I mean, you've ordered stuff outside of Amazon. It's always really frustrating. That's you know, I ordered like, yeah, I ordered like jeans off Banana Republic and it was like, it's going to show up in 10 days. And it's like, what the hell? I yeah. might not even want them in 10 days. No. Yeah, you won't I don't need them them. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I need them now or in one day or two yeah. days at least. Yeah. With a drone dropping it at my door. So, I mean, what they're really doing, and it, it's kind of clever of them, is they're kind of forcing the hand on the market to right. to just exhaust themselves out. Yeah. They're like, We're, we have enough gas in the tank to, to keep running and to keep yeah. chugging along. Yeah. Keep up. Keep up. That's, yeah. The, yeah. that's the game. So it looks like Amazon shipping costs soared 36% mm. as one-day delivery ramps up, kind of what we were just saying. Yeah. What do you think? Is one day a big deal? It is, because like I just said, it they're creating that benchmark, yeah. and it's making it a lot more difficult for other supply chains to compete. They're not positioned to do it, and Amazon is. I mean, they're building out this whole fleet of, of yep. airplanes and of trucks and of autonomous vehicles and of robots and of drones. Like, they've got their hand in every single pie. Mm-hmm. They have the capital to do it. They have the they have uh, Nasdaq. They have the market security to do it. You know, the surety to do it. And um, like you said, like I've been on Walmart and Target's apps, and they still can't really yeah. compete. And then, like Walmart's app, here's an example. I was looking up a product on there, and it's a known product. It's actually a, a, a popular movie, and it wouldn't even let me buy it from Walmart themselves or do in store pickup because it, it fronts loads third party sellers to you. Mm. 
See, that's Which is like ridiculous. Yeah, you yeah. don't need that. No. Yeah, I, I would agree with the big deal, but I will tell you. So I am a kind of a last minute person when it comes to things I really don't want to do. And that's getting a dress for my brother's wedding, which uh-huh. is on Saturday. You buy those on Amazon? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. But I'll tell you, I was very surprised. So there is a site I use called ASOS. Okay. It's A-S-O-S. Okay. I spent a certain amount of money because I got a lot of dresses to decide what I want. One day shipping for free. Yeah. Because I spent a certain price point. Yeah. Um, but then again, you got to think of these other places that it's like, okay, you could pay $24.95 for two day shipping. Who's going to do that? No. So I was pleasant, pleasantly surprised with this retailer. I, I think that's right. huge, but not everyone's spending as much as I spent because I'm not going to keep all of them. But Amazon is giving you, if you want like a candy bar delivered the next day, yeah. you'll got get it. that for free if yeah. you're Prime. So you just, yeah, you can't keep up. I, and I'm a whale on Prime. I mean, I order whatever I want, whenever I want. Like I don't, before I had Prime, I would like wait until I $25 worth of stuff or yeah. whatever it was that you got free yes. shipping that's yeah. here. And now it's just like, buy it now, yeah. buy yeah. it now, buy it now. To my own detriment. I don't, Prime probably does not save me any money. Like if I didn't, if I got rid of Prime, I would probably net a lot more, more yeah. money per year. Because I waste a lot just buying impulse buys in the middle of the night. And I'm like. But that's how we're trained to be. We yeah. want something now. It better be there and when they make we it want it. One click. And it's yeah. like it, it, you get that dopamine rush right away and you don't have time to regret your decision. When you have to pull out the credit card, when you have to sign in and get to create an account. Those are all reasons to say no. Yeah. And I don't like to say no to myself. You know, I, I want to pamper myself with. Treat yourself. Junk. Treat yourself yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin is down 23% this month. <laughs> so how are you feeling about cryptocurrency, Emily? I'd say it's a little deal. Bitcoin, it dies all the time. Yeah. You hear like the yeah. headline, like, Bitcoin is dead. Yeah. Then the next day, there's a resurrection, like sure. a resurgence. Yeah. yeah. So is this just one of those things that Bitcoin's dead for the day and tomorrow will be great? I just, I don't get it. I mean, what it says to me is that it, I, I'm with you that it's a little deal. I yeah. mean, it's a big deal in the sense that I have I have Bitcoin, um, but cool. I wasn't planning on selling it anyway right now. So it, since it's down 23% and I kind of use, you know, as my 10, I use 10,000 kind of as my benchmark yeah. with Bitcoin. So whenever it goes below that, I'm always start to get tempted to buy more. And then when it goes up to 13 or 14, that's when I like to sell. So yeah. that's kind of how I play the Bitcoin market. And um, it's worked pretty well. So I like that it's down because now it's a good time to buy for, for me. I think it'll be it's back up. Go up. It's- yeah, next time there's a global crisis, yes. it'll go way back up. You know, and it's just unfortunate. Well, and it's kind of, it kind of insulates some of my stock purchases because when that market tends to go down, it means people start transferring money into Bitcoin and it gives you, you know, the one, the the one bad thing is you never like, you never really see them go up too well together, but like it keeps you just from completely bottoming up. So Little deal. It'll be back up. Yeah, I don't follow it that closely. I just know it dies all the time. It does. Resurrects itself. That's what it is. Don't buy it when it's over 10,000. Just never buy Bitcoin over 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. Great Waves takes Manhattan. Dooner, you were there Ooh, last week. Yeah. yeah. Week, Craig Fuller is there. He is there. So he was on the Great Waves radio, Sirius yeah. XM, and then Bloomberg TV this morning. He was this morning, yeah, right? Yeah, really good. 8.45 in the morning. Yeah, I hope he got some Hamilton tickets, but I don't know. Oh. So there's that. Uh, is it time to start spreading the news, Dooner? It is time to start spreading the news. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, the HQ here is awesome in Chattanooga. And yeah. we're really thinking we're Chattanooga. We're starting to even like, build out a campus over here. Uh, we exponentially grow every week, you know, and that's yeah. what makes it so exciting is every day there's like new people here. Oh, yeah. We, we keep growing and now we're almost bursting at the seams in this location <laughs> that we just started at a few months ago. Right. And it's already it's crazy. It's already packed to the gills. Mm-hmm. But in order to grow even further and proliferate the world and to seed the world, we have to go out and we have to send our people out there with their handful of yeah. apple seeds and just spread mm-hmm. them all over the earth. Boots on the ground. And there's no better place to go to start planting trees 
than Central Park in the capital of the world, New York City. So, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm glad uh, Bloomberg, our friends yeah. at Bloomberg TV are having us on there. They're having Craig on there. Um, I know, he, you know, he brings a lot of value to the freight market. And I'm sure for him, it's very fulfilling to be recognized, too, on an amazing program like that. Yeah. And last time I think he was on Bloomberg, it was all doom and gloom and yeah. it's a huge recession. He had some good news in 2020 is looking like a great year for the freight market. So he brought them some good news. I'm sure they'll have him back. He always does well. And yeah. Maybe they caught a show. I don't know. I, I saw a cool video. It looks like he was using the GoPro while he was out <laughs> yeah, there. I so did. he his... could join my video team if he wants. Yeah, he's got. I like. I like anybody who gets their hands dirty yeah, on the production yeah. side, as uh, most of us do. We're we're on camera, but we also yeah. do things behind the scenes. Exactly. Get to touch a lot of a lot of these different pots. But what's also cool is that it's not just Craig. It's the whole team. Like you were out there. You mentioned you were at Plug and Play. Yeah. With Craig, but, and, yeah. yeah, and but you're getting your own footage. Yes. You're getting involved we were just in, in that. Dallas got some yeah. sweet drone footage of FedEx, uh, yeah. UP Rail Yard. So that was a good time. I'll be planting some apple trees over at Gats <laughs> uh, at the end of the month in um, in July, or is that August? I don't know. Where are we? What we're month in is July, it? It's July. So it'll be August. It is July. It's, it's not June anymore. The month August. just fly- time just flies when you're time working has at freight been waves. Flying. Yes, it, it really has. does. End of August, so we'll be at Gats, and we'll be at the I'll be at the McLeod Conference mm-hmm. in uh, in the Gaylord the Gaylord Rockies. It's a brand new resort over there. So beautiful. Yeah. We're, we're getting all over the place, all over yeah. the world, worldwide, global. Just like the podcast. Just like the podcast. <laughs> you know? Everywhere. We got to go to Mongolia next. <laughs> That's Maybe why we'll I think send we need to take it on the road. True. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank, thank you, Mariah. Thanks, Mariah. Thanks for joining. Hey, do you have anything to announce? Anything cool in the world of Mariah? Not today. I'm dog sitting Ellie. Yeah, I was going to say. Dog sitting Ellie. All right. Craig's dog has That's been here with deal. us. Craig's not ah. here, but Ellie yeah. is here. Ellie is she here. She has a good time. His presence remains. Yes. <laughs> Ellie is here. She'll so be um, on the cover of Pet week. Fancy soon enough. Yes, yeah, she will. Or She's dog cute. Fancy. What is she? A golden doodle? She's a golden doodle. Golden doodle. Nice. Yeah. Very cute dog. Yeah. And fun word to say. Yes. Yeah. Everyone has a doodle. Yeah. 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 I have a doodle. Yeah. So she's a lot of fun. We've had a good. We had a good weekend. What'd you guys do? Well, we played a lot of Uno. Humans played Uno, and she oh. watched. <laughs> okay, but yeah. that view, yeah, is pretty pretty killer. Nice. Um, and then went on lots of hikes with her. Oh, she very fun. She, she likes. Yeah, she's a good. She's a good hiker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Very well, thank it's you. Good weather too. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for joining us today. You thank you. Oh boy. We had a lot going on today. I know. We just fly through these segments. We do. And it's great yeah. that we do it in real time, live, and we That's just, what we I just like. keep flowing. And I can't wait to go, go back. I should have pulled it up here to see if anyone was interacting, anything like that. Because I love yeah. people were answering the questions for Market Expert Trivia. And they were saying big deal, little deal last time. Love when people get involved. Because yeah. everyone has a different mindset, a different point of view. Especially we have people from the shipper perspective, carrier perspective, three pails, everyone listening. And I mean, everyone has a different point of view. Yeah. So that's think, good. And that, I think that's why we bring in so much of this collective tribal knowledge into here to yes. sort of share all those different viewpoints and to uh, to assuage our own, assuage our own curiosity, yes. to, to understand the, the market and some of these developments. There's so much content that we put out now that you can find at FreightWaves.com. There's uh, FreightWaves Insiders. We just had Max Fuller from Workhound on there last week. Uh, Z Schreiber was on the week before. We've had Kevin Hill, Patrick Duffy. Um, who else? Zach Strickland, the Sultan of Sonar, has yes. been on that podcast. It's like a 45-minute deep dive into industry professionals. We have someone from Arrive at Logistics coming on this week. We have people from Blue Grace, the, uh, I believe the COO from there. It's all what exciting stuff. people listen to that? I usually put that on Fridays. Yeah. I, I believe Friday is kind of going to be the cadence day for that one. We also have Freight All Kinds that comes out on Thursdays. You had an exciting one last time. What oh, you- on Crystal Meth. Yes, Crystal Meth. Breaking, breaking bad <laughs> down under. I don't know. Yes. Breaking down, breaking bad. Yeah. Down under. It's like a tongue twister. It was a good play on words. Yes. And now uh, now I can't even remember it. Because we do so much stuff. Like yeah. I always have to move on to the next thing. This time's on fracking sand. 
Oh. Fracking's super interesting. It's with Noi. What the frack? What the frack? Noi, and we're going to have a, a a great woman trucker on there who's going to tell She delivers the fracking sand. She's going to be a guest on that particular podcast. Yeah. Show's about 15 to 30 minutes. Subscribe to that one. Freight All Kinds, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere podcasts are heard around the world. Same with this show. Do the same thing, but now we have the video show. So subscribe yes. on YouTube, like we say. Smash that bell. Yes, because then you could also watch Freight Waves. Okay. Now we got a nice You're little. On. Yes, and tomorrow, Dreage. Um, nice. Dr. Dreage. Yes. Dr. Dreage. Henry Byers. He, uh-huh. He's got a lot, a lot of knowledge. So he's doing a special report on it. Kind of what are the difficulties companies are seeing? It's it's really interesting. And yeah. there's a lot of issues, but there's also a lot of solutions. So I'd be watching for that tomorrow. That will be, you could just check it out on YouTube or definitely go to FreightWaves.com. Six feet, eight inches of freight. Yeah, he's Tall guy here. Yeah. He's almost covers those video screens. But yeah, covers so I'm looking doorway. forward to that. And then we also have a special carrier segment. So you carriers out there, if you want to know what's going on, and not every day right now are we doing carrier segments oh. on Freight Waves now, but yeah. starting on August 1st, every single day we will have your carrier update for you, which is great because yeah. we have a lot of carriers interacting because, I mean, they have a lot of downtime. Uh, those guys who are just sitting in their trucks and stuff like that, and they're the ones who probably interact the most, I'd say, with questions on our YouTube. So I'm excited for that to kind of have the questions come in more and more interaction, which is nice. Yeah, what I love seeing on the production side of Freight Waves now and stuff like that is um, being more inclusive of perspectives. Yeah. So not just seeing it from from one particular body side or just from the the trucker side, yeah. because as I, as we mentioned with Jeff in here, you know, some of the data data in sonar, the charts that is good for the carrier is not necessarily good for the shipper. Yeah. It's actually quite the opposite. Things have been really good for the shipper right now and really yeah. bad for the carrier. Yeah. So, yeah, you have two different perspectives. And I loved what he had mentioned. He said, now you could kind of say, this is why I'm decreasing or this is why I'm increasing my prices. Like, I have data to back this up. So I think it'll be really good. And if you haven't seen or checked out sonar yet, yeah, definitely call for a demo. We got... Lots of guys who could help here. So. Yeah. And we mentioned Amazon all the time. The American shipper, our friends over there, newly acquired yes. uh, site. And man, we have, I was talking to Craig, we have an amazing back catalog, an amazing archive of articles. Like, we are going to have our own oceanic library of, of freight. It's going to be fantastic. Well, I don't I know like for it. sure. Yeah. But I know we have this amazing vault of articles and we're, we will find a creative and an amazing way to use them. And they won't, I don't think they will go to waste. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be super Super freaking cool. But you can get that morning report on Alexa's now. Just add the skill American Shipper on your Alexa. Yeah, Dooner will be in your kitchen yeah. every morning. Or Freight Waves. Yeah, if you can't get enough of me. Nonstop. My voice everywhere. I think if I'm using on the voicemail here if you call in. So You're the voicemail? I think I I'm going to call just to hear it. Just to hear it. Prank call it. Yeah. It's a I recording, will. but you know. I'll leave a message. Well, and if you want the next What the Truck live show, it's going to be Thursday. Yes. 3.30. Same bad channel. Same bad time. Yeah, but you go Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Yeah. If you don't like one, click Go to the other. other. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't like Zuck, you got the YouTube. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got to turn that key in the ignition. But here is a little fact to leave everybody with for okay. their, their walk home and their drive home. The global logistics robotics market is expected to reach $18.6 billion by 2026, a 21.3% compound annual growth, according to a report from reports and data. Only oh. hear that on what? The truck. Now bang your little cowboy for the rest of the week, Emily. Bang your little cowboy for the special guest hosts. Bang your cowboy for the return of Chad Prevost. Yes. Bang your cowboy for Freight Waves TV. Bang your cowboy for Morgan and Hugh, who's controlling the video feed right now and bringing us yes. right to you beautiful. live. Thanks. We out.